This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Oddsbreakers, number one place for shared, sharp, betting information. Welcome back to podcast 89 of 2022 i'm your host kiev o'neill you can follow me on twitter at ob kiev follow us at the Ozbreakers. follow us on social media slash the Ozbreakers. this episode is being brought to you by shot quality bets for a different perspective in handicapping college basketball please visit shot quality use the promo code odds 23 maximize your profit potential if you'd like to support the Ozbreakers and benefit from our premium plays Please visit theozbreakers.com, click shop, and become a member. Pick any of our winning handicapper packages to become a member and to get our premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. And if nothing else, please visit theozbreakers and become a free picks and telegram newsletter subscriber. It is Christmas week, my friends. And we had a big weekend in sports. Not so good for myself. I was down in the NFL, down in college basketball, up in the UFC, and up a little bit in college football. So, not terrible for me. I was down as a whole. But what was definitely the story of the weekend was a lot of these blunders happening in a lot of these games by the officiating crews. And it has been in full force on Twitter. And it just absolutely drives me nuts. Uh, to hear people say that it doesn't matter, it works both ways, because it does not work both ways. Now, I'm a little fired up about this topic again, because I've gotten to multi-Twitter conversations trying to explain to people the whole point about variance and how variance hurts the sharper better and helps the bad better. You can call them square, call them what you want. It just helps a person that's bad at sports betting Uh, move up towards 50%. And I'm going to have to explain that again because I don't think the point has been brought across. So if you're a fan of the Ozbreakers, I apologize for uh, going over this again, but I think it's very, very important and it's going to take our voices to make uh, something better in these sports. You know, these sports, as you know, they don't have any competition. They don't have any need to make changes. That's why I'm really hoping that other football leagues like the XFL and the other ones possibly start to make a dent here to force the NFL's hand. But the truth is, is what you're getting, even with replay, is the kids correcting their own test scores. And it really screws up people that have had sharper sides on their plays. I'm going to give you guys an example so you understand that it doesn't even out uh, 50-50. The only time officiating variance does even out is if somebody is a 50% sports better. That means there's a long-term loser because he's paying juice. You have to be 52.4% plus at minus 110 average juice to be profitable. 
Now look at it this way. If I'm an exceptional better, what the hell good does it do for me if my number on a game is 14, so I laid 10, and at the end of the game, a screw-up goes in my direction, and instead of a team winning by 13 or 14 points, I win by 21 points. What good does that do for me if I'm winning that bet anyway? It does no good for me. The only time that would do good for me is if I was a terrible better and I'm not going to win a bet, but the officiating variance helps me win it. Maybe I'm that bad better that took plus 10 and a half on that line. The team should have won by 14, but the officials screwed up in the other way. And instead they win by seven. You know, if you're a bad sports better, and let's just say theoretically you lose 80% of your bets and you win 20%, the officiating variance can only help you because you are going to lose most of them anyway. So for example, 80% better, very good better. You can agree that with no variance out of 100 plays, he would win about 80, right? Now add. Now let's just say that 20% of the calls per 100 games or per 10, whatever you want to do, 20% of the calls are going to work for this 80% penner. 20% of the calls are going to work against the 80% better. So if they're going to work against, they can only work against the ones you want so, or we're going to win. So 20% times 80 bets out of 100 is 16 games. So 16 games are going to be taken from you from the 20% that you would have won had the officiating variants have not been there. And then look, let's look on the other side. The 20% you would have lost, you gain back by officiating variance 0.2, you know, 20% times the 20 games equals four. Four games. So basically... 16 minus 4 is 12. That's 12 net games that you lost due to officiating variance. And it happens with the opposite. If you're only a theoretical 20% better, you're that bad at sports betting, you just keep picking the wrong sides, right? Getting the worst lines before they move. You actually gain 12 games. 16 you gain. Four, you lose, you net 12 games up, so you become a 32% better, and the 80% better becomes a 68% better from that example that I'm giving you. It does you no good as a sharp better if you're going to win a side anyway, because that's how you handicapped it, and you were correct if the officials err in your favor. Because if they weren't erring in your favor over time, you wouldn't have been an 80% better anyway. So my whole point is any added variance to your plays hurt. Sharp betters do not like variance. We try to eliminate as many as much variance as possible. That's why some people put confidence levels on their spreads and their scores. High confidence means it usually those teams usually land around there. If there's a questionable quarterback, your com confidence level is extremely low on that game. Right? You know, a lot of sports bettors won't bet into those lines unless there's serious upside. 
Like maybe there's been an overcompensation for the backup quarterback. But I'm just getting into the weeds right there. I'm just trying to make a point that it is important for the better sports better for this to get cleaned up. But I will say from a book's perspective, it's actually better for them because they are losing less large plays and they are keeping some of the bottom feeders interested because they are winning some games thinking it's from their own smart handicapping in itself. Recapping the NFL, it all started really with the Vikings game. I mean, you saw two touchdowns the Vikings scored that the officials blew. They called guys down fumbling the ball when it was clear fumbles. I mean, the guy was even close to being down, especially on the second one. He was still running. And you wonder how the heck could three guys staring at this miss that the fumble was down. And afterwards, you blow the whistle anyway. I mean, replay can only change the possession. On the first one, they made an excuse like they said they blew the whistle early, which was a complete blatant lie. And that didn't happen, which caused a 14-point swing because the Colts scored on that immediately, right? So that was a 14-point swing. And then the next one that they took away from the Vikings was a 7-point swing because the Vikings did get the ball back, but they didn't score a touchdown. So that's extremely important as well. So just just one crew for just two plays in that game swung it 21 points in a direction. I mean, that's massive, right? So it's it started out ugly as hell on Saturday. And then, you know, you get into the Ravens game. The Ravens just really shit the bed themselves. They were running the ball great. And for some reason, Greg Roman kept throwing the ball at Tyler Huntley. You're like, what are you doing, Greg? You should be running all over this Cleveland Browns rush defense that ranks 30th in the league, 32nd in some categories. But he didn't. Completely got out coached, couple missed field goals, completely blew the teaser. And it's rare to see Justin Tucker miss field goals. The best field goal kicker in football, well, he missed the first one and the next one got blocked. Very, very makeable field goals that would just one of them would have hit the teaser. So that was a rough beat in a weekend full of bad beats uh, in the NFL. I do want to give credit to Miami. They played that game tough. I It destroyed my totals bet. I bet the under in that game. Feeling stupid about that one. I mean, it was a little windy, but it wasn't nearly as slippery as we thought it was going to be. And the Bills were able to win the game. But Miami just kind of kept in the game. They kept coming back. They kept running all over the Bills. They did a great job themselves, and they proved the narrative wrong that the whole Southern team uh, can't play up in Buffalo. My metrics actually had Buffalo win by eight points. I didn't take the bet, but I did take the teaser. I did pick it in the contest, unfortunately, for a loss. Moving on to Sunday, the Saints barely got by the Falcons. The Falcons did cover with... uh, a uh, backup quarterback. You know, it's funny that the Saints were up 14 to 3 by halftime and just uh, choked away eight points away, just enough for those uh, Falcons plus four betters to cover. I mean, this line was four, four and a half for most of the week. 
so very interesting thing that happened. I, I'm glad I stayed away from this one because I probably would have laid it with the Saints. Uh, Andy Dalton is just not the quarterback you want to uh, be backing. He he tends to choke and went to shock me if uh, somehow the <laughs> Falcons got the ball again and was able to win that game. But now both of those teams are 5-9 and nine, coming into the weakest division in football. Uh, Lions versus Jets, that was... A tough loss for me. I was on the Jets, and I bet it before I knew that Rolstad was uh, the zebra there. But either way, the Jets should have been able to tie that game. I also had the over, over 44. And I was hoping that Zerline would be Legatron like he always has been in the past. And it's just been a last, bad last few years for him. And he misses a, was it 52, 53-yard field goal? Something pretty easy for him. Uh, in, in a surprising miss to tie it up and force overtime. I had the Jets plus 0.5 or plus 1, something like that. I was hoping that the Jets were going to, you know, be, maybe even tie this game. In, in such a low-scoring game, overtime is very possible that you will get a tie. But that was rough one for me. Kind of a bad beat with Zerline missing a field goal to tie it up. Uh, Steelers-Panthers, this is one I was on the wrong side on because the Panthers just couldn't even show up at all. And it was all Sam Darnold. Uh, Sam Darnold sitting in the pocket like he did last week against Seattle. Well, that's, that's a little bit different when you're playing the Steelers <laughs> than uh, the Seattle Seahawks when it comes to pass rush. But Darnold didn't learn from it, and he looked absolutely terrible that game. Mitch actually was okay. Cowboys-Jaguars, a massive just crumble by the Cowboys. And uh, it was kind of surprising to see because I I didn't think the Cowboys... I, I know that they choked against the Packers, and that was... I, I didn't think I was going to see it again, but they went to Jacksonville, and uh, Trevor Lawrence just gained a ton of momentum, and that whole team stuffed the Cowboys, and a lot of that loss was on Dak Prescott, you know, the $40 million quarterback there. In Dallas, I think that was brutal for them. Now the Eagles just need one more win. Even if they lose against Dallas this week, um, they just need another win to clinch the home uh, home field advantage for the uh, the whole NFC. So they get the bye and get the home field. They're very close to it right now. I think just the uh, the Minnesota Vikings with three losses and maybe the San Francisco 49ers, <clears throat> wherever they are, uh, 10 and four would need to win out themselves. Oh, and by the way, just I uh, saw Ian Rappaport's tweet that Hurts is doubtful. I, I unfortunately took the Eagles. I, he looked fine when he finished that Bears game. I'm sh- I'm surprised he's doubtful, but now looking at the whole fact that why would you even risk Hurts against Dallas in Dallas when you have two manageable, very winnable games against the Saints? And uh, I think they have a very easy last game as well i'll just see if i can try to pull it up here they play the giants yeah i mean they just need one of those three wins to secure so why would you even risk hurts i'm a little bit stuck on an early eagles play as this line keeps creeping up to six now even for dallas i, th- I think that's starting to get a little too much personally i i might be on uh, uh Minshew the mustache if this line gets any uglier here. I still have to handicap it and figure it out a little bit. Uh, 
Chiefs Texans. This is another game. It's like the Texans. As soon as they smell blood, they all of a sudden play out of their minds, and then they blow it at the end. <laughs> you know, they could have beat obviously Dallas last week, and uh, now they play the Chiefs and basically did the same exact thing. One twelve and one. This Texans team. They're not quite as bad as that record, but they're surely not much better than three wins. I'll tell you that. So, uh, you know, I'm sure the Pythag is going to come out where the Texans probably should have a few extra wins when we take a look at it in the offseason. Cardinals-Broncos, that's just just a disgusting game itself. I watched some of it and glad that uh, I wasn't paying too much attention to it. I, I kind of worked out the same way I thought it would. Colt McCoy did get hurt and McSorley came in and uh, that just spelled disaster for the Cardinals and the Broncos defense was really all that was needed to uh, to win that game. Uh, McSorley threw an interception, got sacked. I think he fumbled it as well. Titans-Chargers, that was a pretty close game. I stayed away from that one myself. And uh, the Chargers kind of won at the end there. Crazy touchdown by the Titans at the end where the dude jumps out of bounds and kind of throws it back in bounds to his, to his uh, buddy and the Titans got a touchdown like that. It was really cool. You should check it out on Twitter if you can find it. Now, another drubbing this week was the Patriots versus the Raiders. And this, obviously, everyone's talking about it. You don't need me to break the news on how <laughs> Jones got that interception thrown from Jacoby Myers. Just a terrible decision. They're trying to win the game, and you know, he flattens Mac Jones. It, that was fun to watch, and it was a great end of the game. But to be honest with you, the Patriots should have never lost that game because that game-tying touchdown from the Raiders, his foot was out of bounds. I'm glad I didn't have any money on this game. I know people that did on the Patriots, but that's got to be absolutely devastating way to lose that game, especially when the official reviews it and still calls it uh, the same saying that there's no evidence that can overturn it. Well, what about half? What about a quarter of his foot sticking out of bounds? Is that not evidence? <laughs> so that thing ended up as a complete debacle. Uh, sharp versus square on that one for sure. Tampa Bay. Man, did they choke themselves. They're up, I believe, 17 to nothing, and then the Bengals get three points at the end there. Score 17 unanswered in the third. And then 14 to 6 in the fourth. The Bengals are certainly the better team. I considered betting Tampa. I talked myself out of it because my metrics showed that even though it was a terrible spot for the Bengals in a great spot for Tampa, um, I was just a little bit too close to what it was. I, I think I had the Bengals minus 3.6 points. But the truth of the fact is that the Bengals are just bet that much better than Tampa. And Tampa still missing Shaq Barrett has really uh, screwed them up. And it was really Brady and Fournette. They, they're the ones that kind of lost that game, fumbling it away. They're just a bad coach team. And when bad coach teams, uh, no matter who what players you have, they find ways to lose. That's what you kind of saw with the Bengals versus Tampa. And then finally, the Giants commanders. The commanders had a chance to uh, get back in that game. A no call on P.I. I believe it was all over McLaurin was the big story on that. Um, and the Giants ended up uh, covering and winning that game. I actually had the Giants as a free play. And the free plays did pretty well. We're 1-1 one one so far. If the, if the Packers win by 
1.5 or more points tonight. I hit the teaser. But uh, I also had the Commanders a little bit on a money line parlay as well. So I wasn't too super happy about that. I, I, I kind of got scared of my Giants play a little bit. And I shouldn't have. And I'm kicking myself for it. I started just one of those situations where I'm like, man, these Giants are beat up. Commanders had two weeks to think about the Giants after playing them. So I kind of bought my way out of it some. Very small profit on my side. The money line sprinkle help, though, on the Giants. But uh, another just devastating high-variance change there where uh, the Commanders probably played a lot better than what the final score was. As far as college football, you know, I mean, I've been very fortunate because I'm in a college bowl pick em, and it's far from over. We're barely even not even quite one quarter through. I'm 9-0 and in the college uh, bowl mania, and I did pick NC State to win. And so that was that was cool that I was able to use that. It was a 14-point spread at close, as you know. And I was able to pick BYU to win. So my dogs are certainly been barking so far in uh, college football bowls. So very happy about that. But we have a long ways to go when it comes to college football, and we have Chris Felica coming on this week to discuss the rest of the bowl games, December 24th and on. I'm planning on releasing the show a little bit early. It's Christmas week. I kind of want to get it out on Wednesday. So thinking Wednesday afternoon, we'll have Chris on and uh, get this baby out. We're probably going to record live at 1 p.m. Pacific Man, probably noon Pacific on Tuesday. So if you do want to join Chris and I and ask any questions or comment, check out our YouTube channel at theoddsbreakers.com for Tuesday when we do this, uh, the college section of this podcast. I'm going to do the NFL Wednesday morning and get this thing out for you, like I said, on Wednesday or by Wednesday afternoon. The good, the bad, and the ugly of NFL Week 15 and college football and other sports that we love to watch. We are going to start with the good, and I'm, I'm just going to say Mitch Trubisky was fantastic. Um, he looked like a backup quarterback and like borderline starter last game, of course, against Carolina, but Carolina's defense has improved, and they were smart. They ran the ball a ton, stuffed it right down Carolina's throat, and that gave Mitch confidence, and he didn't really have to do a heck of a lot. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, Sam Darnold, we'll get into him in the very next next uh, part of this segment. College Bowl Mania, obviously, has been good for me. 9-0, and I love playing College Bowl Mania. I'm hoping to continue a uh, nice little run here. If you can go undefeated in it, which is pretty much impossible but you would actually win a million dollars i think first place gets ten thousand dollars in college bowl mania so i'm hoping obviously uh (laughs) slight hope that maybe i can get high enough just to uh sniff it a little bit uh trevor lawrence was very good in the second half of that game so i gotta give a lot of props to trevor lawrence and how uh, wonderful he played Uh, nc central winning against primetime's team in jackson state was very good for that team. They must have thought, felt uh, pretty 
left out hearing about Dion and all the media going to them in their FCS level, and they finally were able to get some revenge. So that was pretty cool for those kids. Uh, Bears win total. That was one of our biggest plays, if you remember. And it got a little dicey when the Bears were, I think, 3-2 and two or 3-3 three and three or something. That San Francisco win, you're like, oh, my God, are they going to get to seven? Well, thank God they just lost seven in a row now. And uh, now they max they could only get is six wins if they win out, which are, isn't going to happen because they are playing the Buffalo Bills this week. Uh, the Raiders finish. And I don't know if they call this ugly Good or bad. I mean, just for the Raiders and their fan base, it was one of the most spectacular things you can see. But at the same time, you have to say this was one of the most ugliest things that you can see. You know, I mean, especially as a Patriots fan, in the way that the game was officiated was extremely ugly. So uh, keep that in mind. And finally, our show with Will Hill this week, Better Odds Sports Betting. We took NC Central on the money line. That was mine at plus 470. And Will had plus 170 on the Jaguars to win outright. I did parlay it together. I just used pizza money, but still it paid 15 to one. Just another big win for better odds sports betting. This isn't the first money line dog parlay. I think we have two or three winners this year just on the parlay. We hit a lot of money line dogs. At least one of our guests always nailed one. So um, it, it's just been an amazing year for better odds sports betting. Dogs most likely to win outright 3.5 or above. So that was fantastic. Bad. Sam Darnold, man, he, he has one good game. And then I should have just I, I should have just remembered who Sam Darnold was, held the ball. He had receivers wide open. He could have threw some timing routes to or anything. Instead, he just got sacked a ton and absolutely blew the game for Carolina. He looked absolutely awful. And uh, I don't even think that Pittsburgh's that good of a team. They just have a good front. They're they're good in the trenches. But that was just good enough to start uh, stop Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is a poor man's Andy Dalton. That's right. I said it. Unreal. Another bad was... Pete Carroll's game plan against the Niners on Thursday. Now, I was on the losing side of that, and I had great line value. As a matter of fact, pretty much all my losses this week had great line value. But in this one itself, I was on the wrong side. Even though Geno Smith, it wasn't completely his fault. It was probably a heck of a lot more, like I said, Pete Carroll's fault. Because what they did was they started doing dink and dunk stuff in the beginning of the game. It's like against the Niners, where all they do is dink and dunk stuff, you're not going to keep them honest. They're going to do that the rest of the game, and you have to beat them with a 10-yard pass or longer. But that's not what he did. He didn't roll out Geno and play action. He just did a bunch of dink and dunky stuff, which the Niners destroyed. And by the time they were down, that's when Geno got absolutely smashed. You know, just Their game plan was terrible. They should have came out gunning. That's how you beat the Niners. Did you not watch the Chiefs game? His game plan was absolutely horrible. And a lot of people say Geno sucks. This wasn't even really on Geno. One of his players also fumbled the ball that was probably a between 7 and 14 point swing somewhere. You know, I mean, they were deep in their territory, so maybe that was an 8 or 9 point swing. Uh, But what it did was it, it put them even farther back on their heels, and that wasn't Geno's fault. 
Now, Gino did throw a really bad interception, and the refs saved them by calling roughing on Nick Bosa, which was an absolute atrocity, but it still wasn't enough to get uh, Seattle back in that game. And I would have to say, even though with the fumble, I was still on the wrong side of that bet. Dalton Schultz was bad this week and only got like one or two fantasy points. And Miles Sanders was extremely bad this week. And uh, I unfortunately had both and lost one of my fantasy playoffs. Uh, And it was just, I just had some guys like Robbie Gold who kicked three extra points. (laughs) Miles Sanders. I had Austin Eckler that just did okay. But Joshua Kelly stole one of his touchdowns. Had a lot of underperforming guys, but Miles Sanders got like one fantasy point. You think his matchup against the Bears would have been wonderful, especially in cold weather. You think they're running the ball. Well, the Bears kind of came in ready, and the Eagles were just flat. They just kind of talented their way past that game. And boy, did that backdoor destroy people. One of these games, that's the game I forgot to talk about. Uh, massive misleading score that we're going to get to in the next segment. Um my Bills Dolphins under was absolutely terrible. That thing went to almost 60 points. Uh, awful play for me. And obviously the bad beats on, on all the uh, line values in the games during the NFL was the big story of the week. Tons of massive comebacks. I mean, it made for good drama, but it just made for some very, very ugly football and some tough beats for myself and a lot of my colleagues. Now for the ugly. Obviously, Besides the officiating in that Vikings-Colts game, 33 points. You're up 33 points, the biggest lead in history, and you lose that game. I'm pretty sure Matt Ryan has a second or third biggest, and that happened in the Super Bowl. But holy cow, is it ugly for Matt Ryan this week and the Colts. But you can also throw the Raiders and the Washington Commanders in that whole thing. Because uh, that game and the way the Patriots lost that game was extremely ugly. Uh, The Ravens teaser leg, definitely ugly. Justin Tucker missing two field goals. That never happens. Well, it happened the same freaking game. Destroyed everybody's teasers. Trace McSorley. uh, You know, you thought he would be somewhat capable. And I thought he had a shot at being a good NFL quarterback eventually just because I thought he had a good work ethic. I was completely wrong about that. And Trace McSorley... I'm not sure if he's going to be in the NFL after what he we saw this week. And unfortunately, he might be the one starting next week due to Colt McCoy's concussion. And finally, switching to another sport, which I rarely talk about, the NBA. The Chicago Bulls gave up 150 freaking points on Sunday. How do you give up 150 points to the Minnesota Timberwolves who had like two or three of their key guys injured? You know, that, that's called, I really don't want to play defense. I just want to shoot and dunk, and that's it. You know, I remember when totals were around 150 points in the NBA years back. And you're going to give up 150 points to the Timberwolves? How ugly is that, man? Man, the NBA, just not good until the playoffs. When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. All right, that brings us to... Our next segment in NFL Week 15, misleading final scores. The Ravens outgained the Browns 324 to 283, yet lost 13-3. A 2-0 turnover ratio and horrible special teams and red zone hurt the birds. The Eagles outgained the Bears 421 to 248. Yet only 125 to 20. A nasty 3-1 turnover ratio 
killed the cover. A lot of that, like I said, was Miles Sanders, but they're up by 11 or 12 towards the end, and Eagles betters thought they were good, and then here comes Justin Fields with the back door, and uh, yeah, the Eagles were sleepwalking through that game. The Chiefs outgained the Texans 502 to 219, well over double the yards, and only won 30 to 24, a two to one turnover ratio. Just bad special teams hurt the Chiefs. There were some missed field goals there as well. And the Buccaneers outgained the Bengals 396 to 237, yet lost 34 to 23. A 4 to 1 turnover ratio killed them. The Commies outgained the Giants uh, 389 to 288, yet lost uh, 20 to 12. A 2 to 0 red zone turnover ratio killed the Commies. And unfortunately, my little uh, quarterback that I was talking so good about. And Heineke has been absolutely looking like crap lately, making me look stupid. So uh, I might as well throw that one right on the bad uh, as well. Big misleading score there. NFL, week 16 betting spots, letdown spots. The Jaguars could let down at the Jets after beating the Cowboys. It's possible. You know, I will say that these teams need to win. So just factor this in with a grain of salt, but I just want to throw these out there. As you saw, the Carolina possibly let down this week themselves against the Steelers after beating the Seahawks. The Raiders at the Steelers could be a letdown after the way they beat the Patriots. That that was just such a crazy situation and win. I, I wonder what they're feeling coming into this game. The Texans at the Titans after blowing a big opportunity. It's, how do the Texans keep getting up at 112 and 1? Maybe they're just fighting for their own jobs at this point. The Cardinals are just toast hosting the Buccaneers this week. I mean, they're out of the playoffs too, mathematically. It's just an ugly, ugly uh, week for the Cardinals. Actually, the ugly year for the Cardinals being 4 and 10. And that's why Steve Kime uh, left, saying medical reasons. I think we know the real reasons is he knows that he's toast and if he takes a little time off the team will probably bring him back as some sort of a a president vice president or something like that you know he's pretty in in well with the bidwells let's just say get up spots jets after a nasty loss to the lions still in playoff contention seattle can still make it with the win against kansas city new england versus cincinnati is a get up spot and really any team trying to make the playoffs so i mean that's the jaguars too but um Wanted to throw that out there, the situations and the creative handicapping that we have to look at uh, from a holistic view here. Look ahead, spots. The Bills looking past the Bears to Cincinnati is possible, but Cincinnati looking past the Patriots to the Bills is also very possible. So uh, if there's any good reason to be betting the Bears or the Patriots this week, well, there's your uh, additional juice. That brings us to our NFL Week 16 free play for this podcast. I'll give you a college one, but we already gave them all last week with Mr. Brad Powers. So I'm going to give you an NFL one that I like, and we're going to go with a total in this. We're going to go, it's going to be cold, but I still like it. The Steelers versus the Raiders over 39.5 points. I can't believe this thing kept going down. Now, I know it's going to be cold in Pittsburgh. It always is this time of year. No surprises. I think the teams are probably a little bit used to it by now. But right now, it's not calling for any snow. Wind should be decent. 
Uh, these defenses are bad. The Raiders have one of the worst defenses in the league, and the Pittsburgh Steelers have a bad defense when not playing teams named Carolina <laughs> or, or quarterbacks named Sam Darnold. So this is below 40, and both of these offenses have been able to move the ball. As you saw Mitch Trubisky, he was able to move the ball last week, and I even think Kenny Pickett's going to play. They still have some talent at wide receiver. The Raiders with Devontae Adams, Mac Hollins, you know, they've been looking really good so far, and I think Derek Carr is on a mission himself to have a good finish, being that they're not kicked out of the playoffs themselves. Neither of these teams are kicked out of the playoffs. I see some effort here. 39.5, way too low. Take the over for 2.5 stars. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. All right, now it's time for a little fantasy football week 16 with our guy, D Nasty. All right, now it's time for a little fantasy football. We got our guy, D Nasty, back week 16. Dave, how did your first week of playoffs go, go today? This week. Okay. Uh, I lost a few close ones tonight, though, which kind of hurt, though. I made fantasy playoffs in six out of my ten leagues. I will only be advancing for three or four of those leagues, though, now, which hurts quite a bit, actually. Uh, I didn't start Ramad Stevenson in two of my leagues, so I lost in one of them because of that, because he said he wasn't going to play at first, and then they said he'd be limited if he did play. Uh, and that would have been the game changer if I would have started him this week. So it kind of hurts. Yeah, Ramondre pulled a fast one on everybody, it seemed. And um, I was surprised that he played as well. But, uh, you know, I I had some pretty bad luck in fantasy myself. I mean, there are some players, Dave, that really disappointed this week. I mean, I already talked a little bit about Miles Sanders. I mean, he had an awful fantasy week um Jonathan Taylor too as well I had him in one of my leagues and that that caused me to lose as well went on on the second play of the game yeah Taylor was terrible this whole year to be honest with you and then I checks out Stefan Diggs eight points Amari Cooper 7.8 points uh Eckler 15 which is eh and then Josh Jacobs even 12 points you know and then Dalton Schultz 2.5 Miles Sanders 1.4 Robbie Gold only had three extra points that's how bad it was for me. Uh, I played Carolina's defense in that league too, so it didn't really work out. But then you know, I'm I, I'm playing guys like like uh, Justin Jefferson, twenty seven points, Tyreek Hill, seventeen point four points in the snow and the wind, uh, Latavius Murray, twenty three point seven points. You know, guys that you wouldn't expect uh, to have a huge week this week, but they did. So it was kind of a bad luck week for me. Even had Kirk Cousins score 43 points, but it wasn't enough. <laughs> when, it, when it rains, it pours, my man, but that's okay. We have, obviously, other leagues that we're in, and we're playing for different things. Obviously, uh, some people are playing for draft picks. Some people are still playing for the championship. So let's get into it, Dave. Key injuries. Why don't you get started with key injuries? Sounds good. I'd be happy to do that. Uh, again, no buys this week, just in case you were wondering. Uh, one of the quarterback, Colt McCoy, concussion was ruled out against the Broncos. Trace McSlory came in for him and played, so he might be one of the guys you want to pick up this week. Uh, Caleb Huntley suffered an ankle injury, uh, which led to a big day for uh, Tyler Algier. We'll get into that in a minute here. 
Uh, and then quite a few injuries for your beloved Bears here. Uh, Equanimous St. Brown, the old Packer concussion. Linebacker Jack Sambor, who's been playing an awesome ankle injury. And quarterback Jalen Johnson with rib injury. So quite a few guys out for them. Uh, the main defensive star for the Cincinnati Bengals, too, Sam Hubbard's out with a – he suffered a left, left calf injury. Uh, and then a lot of defensive player injuries, not, not a lot of regular injuries this week. Ryan Tannehill went down with a, after being sacked and was cut off to lock him with an ankle injury. Jalen Hurts with a right shoulder injury. He is questionable for this week. So that's the biggest one out there. That and the Tannehill injuries are the two biggest ones. I don't think – I think – I think they're just giving him rest and using his excuse. He finished that Bears game. Look fine to me. I don't know. I think so too. They they keep showing the play where he went down. He the guy tackled him pretty hard on his right shoulder, but he, he was down for like a minute. But then he got back up, and then like you said, he played the rest of the game. I think it's the same thing too. I think that since Dallas lost, uh, they, they pretty much clinched the spot. They just need one more win for home field. But I think they can do that against Dallas, even with Gardner Minshew starting. Uh, but well, they, they have two easy games afterwards. Well, Saints and, and the Giants, you know, that should, exactly. that should be. And they only need one more win to clinch home field. So uh, it just makes sense the rest hurts. I, I would, I'd rest him if he's a little banged up, save him for the playoffs. Maybe have him get some work in the, one of those last two games, maybe. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense for fantasy owners. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. I have him in my, my big money league that I finished first in the whole league and I had a bye this week. And now I had no hurts for my, my championship run next week to get to the Super Bowl. So uh, it's disappointing, to say the least. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Caleb Huntley got hurt, too, with an ankle injury, so he played yep, some. I mentioned that one already. Uh, Denzel Mims with a concussion. He might have been picked up. You know, it depends upon what your thoughts on Elijah Moore was. Um, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Colt, like you said, Colt McCoy. So there wasn't that, a lot of serious injuries, but Jonathan Taylor is serious enough. But the dude, like I said... Uh, first pick of the draft, horrible this whole year. One of the worst busts in fantasy that I remember that wasn't due to an injury all the way up until this week. So no excuse for this injury. He wasn't he wasn't putting up enough numbers. Waiver wire. Let's get into that. I have uh, Garner Minshew for the Eagles. I think he might be the biggest waiver wires because. You know, the Eagles are stacked, and I think he's going to put up some fantasy points this week. I mean, I would take him over at least half or three-quarters of the quarterbacks out there right now, you know, and guys like Brett Rippon and Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I mean, there's there's plenty of players that he'll do better than uh, second-rate guys out right now. Uh, wide receiver K.J. Osborne had 16 targets and a touchdown, but I will say with a caveat, Dave, that was the one of the craziest games I've ever seen with the Vikings. Oh my God, last year's finishes this week. Uh, I was not sad to see the Patriots lose at all either on that Rashawn Jenkins or on the. Yeah, I mean it was a bad loss. It was a bad beat for them. It's funny to it's fun yeah. to watch Belichick lose because he's kicked our butts so much over the years. But I didn't feel sorry. Just the for way them. they lost too is just crazy as well on a lateral that goes wrong. Now Chandler bad. Jones takes it to the house after he stiff arms Mac Jones. What could you, what could be even worse than that? Oh, well, Matt Ryan giving up thirty three points, not putting up just a few more points to win that game. Yeah, <laughs> that was bad. Uh, Russell Gage, twelve targets and two touchdowns. Uh, I also got Jahan Dotson, and we've said him before, but he had six targets and a touchdown. Uh, return of the Mac, Dave. Marlon Mack had five rushes and four receptions this week. So uh, 
I thought that was interesting here. You know, Marlon Mack. Thought yeah, he was definitely. toast, but he's back. <laughs> Just for temporary. <laughs> he might play a little bit this week. Uh, running back Jalen Warren had 11 carries for Pittsburgh. Uh, Zach Moss for the Taylor injury, I think, is going to be big. You know, Zach Moss seemed to get more carries this week than Deion Jackson. Um, so, I mean, I'd say Deion Jackson, too, probably pick up. But I, Zach Moss seemed to be the guy this week. So, that's what I have. What have I missing? Yeah, and I, I definitely agree with the Moss and Deion Jackson uh, pickups for sure. That Those are two big ones. Brock Purdy, only owned in 20% of leagues right now. He's been balling uh, the last couple weeks. Uh, him and... The Garden Minshew are the two definitely guys that you can plug in this week and help you to help you win. Tyler Algier uh, with the Huntley injury, he went off this past week. Uh, he had 138 rushing yards and 17 attempts, uh, and did it against a good, tough New Orleans defense too. That's no pushover, so uh, definitely a guy you want to take a look at. Uh, and then Algier outperformed Cordell Patterson as well, who only had 52 yards on 14 carries. So. Uh, Algier had a nice day this past week. Chubba Hubbard, we mentioned him last week. Uh, just throwing him out there again. He had, he had a good week again. This, he's getting a large percentage of the shares. Logged 63% of the snaps compared to only 30% for Foreman. So looks like he's taking over that backfield definitely. Uh, and then we got Traylon Burks, who's, who's coming back now from injury. Uh, he might help you win a few games. He saw six, eight, and six targets. And he went for 111 yards in week 11 before he got hurt. So... Definitely got to keep on your board. Uh, tight end that actually has been under the wire a little bit, but I think is a little underrated right now. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name, but Chigo Zim Okanoko from the Titans. Uh, he's actually become a weapon for the Titans, and he's startable in in, a, in this matchup this upcoming week. Uh, they play the Houston Texans, so good good matchup he has this week. As he's got at least 45 yards receiving in each of the past three contests. So, uh, and they have been going to him quite a bit. He's now been targeting at least five times in four straight outings. So, if you need a tight end to plug in this week, he's definitely a guy you can take. And a streaming defense too that I recommend this week is be the Titans. Uh, they host the Texans, who likes to turn over the ball a lot. Uh, Davis Mills had a turnover in seven consecutive starts, which is just horrible. Uh, so, definitely, if you need a defense this week, the Houston Texans is the defense to grab. Oh, that's a that's a brutal thing to have to start as the Texans. That's that's some desperation right there. But uh, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> well, let's move right into non-starters trending up. Then, Dave, once you get started, all right. Uh, non-starter trending up. Uh, I like. There's a few guys I like this week. Actually, I like Jared Goff. Actually, you wouldn't think of him as an everyday starter, but he's been playing well. Uh, he hasn't thrown any, he hasn't had any turnovers in like I think the last four or five games they were saying. So definitely a guy I like who's trending up. Uh, some other guys here I like too. Trevor Lawrence, uh, if he's not starting, he should be because he's been just balling the last couple weeks. Uh, he's got a tough matchup this week against the Jets, but I still like him this week, even against a tough defense. Uh, he's a guy that's trending up for me right now. Uh, another guy that's trending up is Tyler Boyd for the Bengals. Uh, he had a touchdown this past week. Uh, he's been playing well. Uh, the tight end I just discussed for the Titans, he's training up against that poor Houston defense. Uh, Ryan Tannehill as well, who you normally wouldn't start. Uh, I'm starting him this week if he is starting against that poor Houston Texans defense. Uh, another guy that's trending up, uh, Osborne for the Vikings. I like him a lot, the wide receiver for the Vikings against the Giants. Uh, Giants still don't have that great of a defense, even though they did get pretty lucky and some questionable calls against the Commanders this past week. Uh, I like him as trending up this week. Uh 
Another guy like that's trending up, Deontay Johnson. He's, he should be a starter most of this year, but he had one of his best games this past year or past week. I'm sorry. Uh, and then he does play the Raiders this week, actually, too, which is a nice matchup, actually. So I uh, like him trending up this week as well. Uh, a guy that just came back this week who looked good tonight, actually, Romeo Dobbs for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he's been out the last four weeks. He came back tonight. He looked good in his limited time tonight. Four catches for 55 yards. So uh, definitely a guy trending up against that poor Dolphins defense. Uh, the Broncos, uh, Brett Rippon, he wouldn't think of, but Rams defense is just not good with Aaron, not no Aaron Donald in there. Uh, I like Brett Rippon this week against that port. And, and then Tavius Murray as well, who had over 100 yards this past week and is a nice waiver wire pickup if he's still out there uh, against that poor Rams D. Uh, and I do like uh, Rashad White against that poor Cardinals defense. There you go. Yep, I like I like those. Uh, Romeo Dobbs should have a good game against Miami. Christian Watson and Aaron Rodgers this week, Dave. Miami's defense, as you know, isn't so good, especially in the secondary. I like those three guys training up this week. I like Richie James against Minnesota. Chris Moore versus the Titans, I think. You know, you did mention the Texans. <laughs> Maybe even Davis Mills if you're really desperate, you know. Maybe you have Jalen Hurts and the, the covered is bare. Could take a flyer on Davis Mills. I'm just saying the Titans give up a lot. Texans, Titans are like, Texans have been playing really well these last two weeks, actually. They almost beat the Bill. Or, I'm sorry. They almost beat uh, Dallas two weeks ago, and then they almost won this past week as well against two tough teams. So. Yeah, it's almost – it, it, it it's so weird. They're getting out gained bad, but they, they're just hanging in there. It's just really interesting to watch. Uh, so I agree. It's it, it's almost like they, they're they they're still somewhat motivated, let's say. Uh, quarterback Mike White versus the Jaguars is a good one. The Jaguars don't have a great passing defense. Uh, Mike White is going to be out this week, though, probably. So Zach Wilson is who you. I'm not sure if he is though. It's a Thursday game that he missed that one week for concussion. I think he still could play, Dave. No, it's his ribs. They said Uh, ribs is why he didn't play this past week. The doctors wouldn't clean him because they said the broken rib could puncture his lung. So they're saying that he's probably still not going to be cleared in time for the Thursday night game. So Zach Wilson probably will start. So if he's out there in any of your leagues, definitely pick him up because he had over 300 yards this past week and looked pretty good, actually. All right, well, good call there. I thought White would might make it back. And so if he doesn't, then I don't like Zach Wilson personally. I think Zach Wilson's a bust. I don't think he's a good quarterback at all. So we'll <laughs> make sure I say that. Uh, but I agree with the rest of everything you said. I think that uh, Demarcus Robinson maybe versus Atlanta could be good for the Ravens. I really hope Lamar comes back, Dave. So what do you think of Lamar's chances coming back? Uh, I think that's really iffy because they said the, that injury that he has usually is about two to three weeks, they said. So uh, he'd be borderline coming back this week. But I think for sure next week he's probably back, but it's probably doubtful for this week. Okay, I would say. Well, well, maybe Huntley can get him past Atlanta. He, he, that's a good matchup for J.K. Dobbins, too. Atlanta's got a bad defense. I think J.K. Dobbins should do pretty well this game. I hope Lamar comes back, but we'll see. Uh, let's move into bus then. I have running back Tony Pollard versus the Eagles. I know he's been great for people this year and a nice surprise, but this could be the week he you know, lets down because the Eagles you know, might just focus on their defense now if uh, they don't have Jalen Hurts and Kind of shut them down a little bit. The Eagles got a pretty good defense when they want to be. Uh, running back Miles Sanders versus the Cowboys defense, too. I had a bad week with Miles Sanders this week, and I'm not sure if he'll have a good week next week. Cowboys are number two against the run right now, Dave. So I don't really love that one. 
Um, Travis Etienne versus the Jets D. That worries me a little bit this week. You know, the Jaguars might be in a little bit of a letdown here after the big Cowboys win and big comeback. So I'm a little concerned for Travis Etienne. I'm very concerned for James Conner owners. He's got to play Tampa this week. And, you know, Tampa's pissed after <laughs> turning oh, yeah. the ball over. Another massive comeback last week in uh, the nutty game of the NFL football. But uh, I, I think James Conner's kind of toast this year now, and they're out of the playoffs. They could start resting him for next year. So keep that in mind at some point here. Uh, running back Cam Akers versus Denver. I don't like him at all either. I think that uh, you saw him struggle against even Green Bay, who's bad against the run. So I'm not I'm not a big Cam Akers guy this week. Christian Kirk either versus the Jets. I don't like Christian Kirk for the Jaguars versus the Jets. I don't like Nick Chubb, believe it or not, against the Saints, D. I think Nick Chubb owners might be a little bit worried. Dave, where are your busts? No, I agree with you on a lot of yours, actually. I, I don't like Cam Akers this week against De- tough Denver D. Uh, I don't like Connor this week either. I agree with you on those. Uh, Miles Sanders, I uh, had him in one of my leagues this week. And I had him and Jacobs on the same team. They both were bust this week and ended up losing. I was the best team in the league with the top record and the top overall points, and I ended up losing this week. Uh, due to some busts this week by a couple of guys. Uh, I don't like the Washington Red Commanders either this week against the 49ers. Henneke or Robinson, or Gibson. I don't like any of those guys against the 49ers this week. I think they struggle against that tough 49ers D. Uh, Patriots, I think they struggle a little bit against the Bengals. Bengals have been balling on defense lately. Uh, I think the Patriots struggle a little bit. I think Mac Jones struggles against that Bengals defense this week. Uh, also, I, I don't like the Bears against the tough Buffalo D. Uh, I, don't, I think Fields and Montgomery both struggle a little bit running the ball against that tough Buffalo D. Uh, and also, I do agree with you on that Travis Ntien. Uh, I don't like him against the Jets' tough run defense. I think Trevor Lawrence still has a good day, though. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, he he could. It's just a little bit of a bad spot for him. But Lawrence has been balling, and the Jaguars want to win that division, and now they can, definitely can after beating the Cowboys. The Titans have a, a, a kind of hard, and they have to play the Cowboys in a week or two. So think about that. That brings us to our nasty sleeper, Dave, and – Mine really pains me because he's one of your boys, Aaron Rodgers. I got to go with this week. <laughs> no, I, I, like I know, I know. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I'm not sure if it's going to be Christian Kirk or Randall Cobb or uh, uh, who's that, Watson. He's it, Somebody's getting touchdowns, but this is Miami, and Miami scores a lot of points, and it's going to force Packers score a lot of points. It's going to be a possible shootout. I mean, it's going to be a very cold week this week, right? So you're not really excited to start quarterbacks or anybody in these north northern games, you know, the Clevelands, the the, the Pittsburghs, the, the uh, Chicagos, right? But, you know, a team like this going to Miami – where you might get some really nice weather for a you know winter football, that you got to take a look at it. Aaron Rodgers versus Miami, man. I like it. I was actually going to go Watson, but I changed it up at the last minute. I'm going J.K. Dobbins against the Falcons. Uh, with Huntley playing, that they're struggling on offense, but Dobbins is back. He's looking healthy. Uh, he's looking more and more like that dominating back that he was before that injury. So I'm going with J.K. Dobbins as my D-Nasty Sleeper of the Week, even though I wanted to do Watson, but I'm going Dobbins instead. All right, man. Well, I like it. I understand it, and uh, that makes sense. I think Dobbins was mine last week, and the, and the Ravens really had a bad game plan. They threw, threw the ball all day when they were just running all over them. So they, they, they were able to run on them, and – 
Uh, I think they were getting like six yards per rush, and they just had a bad game plan. I think they they turned it up this week with Dobbins, so I agree with that, Dave. Anything we missed for fantasy football week 16? No, no I don't think so. Just make sure you get those lineups in. Good luck, everyone, in those championships this week. Uh, hopefully you get to that Super Bowl, and, and let's looking forward to some Christmas Day games, Packers on Christmas Day. Yeah, it's going to be a fun week, and obviously Christmas Day games going to be great. Make sure you get your lineups in by, of course, Thursday, but definitely Saturday if you're questioning because most of the games are on Saturday. So keep in mind there is four games on Christmas Day. All right. Thanks so much. If you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at the Ozbreakers at info at theozbreakers.com. Enjoy the rest of your week, and go get some winners. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.